Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, this is your host, Hugo Chai. I would like to thank all the people who sent me emails about this podcast or who left reviews on iTunes. Uh, these reviews and these emails really helped me set the direction for the show and uh, gain a lot of more visibility and recognition. So please keep those reviews coming. Also, if you have any comments uh, that you would like to, to send to me or suggestions for maybe guests that you would like to see interviewed on one of the next episodes, you can use the contact form on the website ttim.photo. My guest for this episode of the podcast will be the esteemed instructor and uh, worship leader Ralph Velasco, who has organized and led a variety of cultural tours around the world, including places like Egypt, Nepal, Cambodia, Iceland, Vietnam, Romania, Turkey, and many others. In my conversation with Ralph, we explored the different topics. We talked about the importance of education in today's world of photography. We discussed what it means to have talent. We expounded at length about the importance of giving back. What does it mean to, to give back to the cultures and the places that we visit during our, our trips? So it was a really interesting and, uh, and inspiring uh, uh, conversation, and I hope you will appreciate it. So let's listen to it. Remember, you can uh, find all the links and the show notes for this episode at ttim.photo slash 13. Hello, Ralph. How are you doing? I'm real good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm uh, all geared up for my next trip, which is going to start tomorrow. So what's uh, what's up with you? What's uh, what's happening in the world of uh, Ralph Velasco? And uh, what, what are your next plans? Well, uh, as we speak, I'm uh, just preparing for a weekend trip to the Dallas Travel and Adventure Show, where I'll be speaking so I've been uh, doing quite a bit of speaking over the last month or two. That's typically what I I do here in the U.S. in the first quarter of the year. And then I'm gearing up for a trip to Cuba next week. And uh, after that, I'll be off to Lapland. Lapland. So, so yep, you're going up north like me. Right. So can, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a bit uh, about you, your story as a photographer, as an educator to, to our audience, to the, those few who still don't know who Ralph Velasco is. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, a professional photographer full time for about eight years now. I've got a company called Photo Enrichment Programs, and we organize, administer and lead uh, cultural tours with a focus on photography around the world. Uh, started out just teaching uh, like adult education classes at the local city of Newport Beach, where I used to live in Southern California. Um, Saddleback College, uh, adult education programs. So uh, just started out teaching uh, one and two hour classes, and I started doing some. Uh, two-hour walking tours and one-on-one -on -one instruction, and that led to full-day programs and then weekend programs, and 
mostly in Southern California, uh, Death Valley, Joshua Tree National Park. But I also used to really enjoy bringing groups back to Chicago, my hometown. And so probably did that trip about 12 times from Southern California. So if uh, you're not familiar with Chicago, one of the great cities of the world, if I do say so myself, uh, although I might be a little biased. Unfortunately not. I've never been to Chicago. Yeah, it's a great, great city. Lots to see and do. Wonderful culture. Great restaurants. So I would uh, love to show off the town to uh, people mostly from Southern California that had never been. And, uh, and then finally, I led my first international tour of the uh, Central European Christmas markets in 2009 and uh, kind of have never looked back. And now all I do is international tours, um, including trips like uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, Spain, Tuscany. Uh, Mexico. Uh, this will be my 15th people to people program to Cuba. So getting around. Can you, can you explain a bit what is the philosophy of uh, photo enrichment and, uh, program and uh, what kind of, uh, what, what can people expect from joining a tour with you? Yeah, great question, because uh, I like to think that we're a little bit different. We are not uh, a photo workshop. I say that work is a four-letter word. We're out there to have fun. I'm uh, just as interested in the cultural experience as I am in photographing. And so I tend to, um, tend to appeal to people that are looking for a good mix of cultural activities along with photography. And so I try to uh, appeal to both photographers and non-photographers alike. And more often than not, the non-photographers become interested in photography when they see how fun it can be, how uh, good images you can get with uh, just a smartphone or uh, you know, a point-and-shoot camera, whatever category of camera they might have. So I teach more about learning to see and uh, really experiencing the, the local culture as much as uh, teaching photography and the technical parts of that. Although I, I don't uh, consider myself a, a very technical photographer. So uh, it's not something that I went to school for, so I'm pretty much self-taught. And uh, I like to pass that information on to my people. And I, I think... Uh, It's really worked well, and if there's one comment I get from the people on my trips is that they really like the the uh, ratio of scheduled activities to free time that I provide. So it's not 12 hours a day photographing, downloading at night, image reviews, assignments every day. It's uh, maybe two to four hours in group activities, uh, meeting with local guides, uh, seeing all the you know local sites that that you know you should see that are kind of must-see. So like in Cambodia, you have to go see Angkor Wat. That's uh, kind of uh, one of those things you just have to do when you're there. But we also do little tuk-tuk adventures into the, the countryside and kind of pull over whenever we maybe see someone pounding out horseshoes or uh, making sticky rice or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And uh, really get those nice cultural 
experiences as well. It looks very much like the kind of tour that somebody who has an interest in photography, but maybe has a spouse or a partner who isn't into photography, but would still would like to, to come along and uh, and experience the places and, and the culture and the food and so on would would find very very good for them. You're exactly right, and uh, I get a lot of uh, spouses or friends of that you know people that are. One's interested in photography, the other one not necessarily, but the person that's not interested uh, will feel like they fit right in, not like they're dragging behind a bunch of photographers that are photographing 12 hours a day. Uh, you mentioned the food. Um, it's something that I really like to incorporate into my trips, so I try to uh, organize foodie tours with local food experts, whether it's a chef or a, a food blogger in the destination. And, uh, of course, we've got our cameras with us when we go out, but uh, I think food is such a big part of travel that uh, yeah, I say that the, 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 uh, the exposure triangle is travel, food, and photography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's uh, my take on it. And travel comes first. First. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. But very interesting. I like what you say on, on the website that uh, you don't like calling it uh, a workshop because it contains the the word work, which is a four-letter word. And I mean, yeah, it's uh, people should expect a vacation not to come there and go to a class, uh, do work and uh, just uh, sweat for 12 hours a day. It should be more relaxed and everything. I think that that's a, that's a great approach. That's uh, probably appealing to, to more people than uh, something that is exclusively focused on photography. And, Very, very interesting. Right. So, um, speaking of something else, I, I saw this quote on your About page, and I want to read it because it, it resonates a lot, of, uh, a lot with my, my own thinking. And uh, the quote is, It's been said that one needs to be born with a photographic eye, that it can't be learned, but I completely disagree. Almost on a daily basis, I see the progress my students and tour participants make towards developing their creative eye, and it inspires me. So, as I said, I completely agree with your sentiment here, but I I also think it's not a very popular idea. I've had discussions with, uh, you know, online forums, um, people who constantly keep pounding me about the importance of talent and that you you either have it or you don't have it. And if you don't have it, you will never take great photos. And well, I completely disagree with that. I actually have a, a post on my blog, which is called The Myth of Talent, a phrase that I borrowed from my mentor, Robin Griggswood. And so I think we are on the same uh, frequency here. Can you maybe uh, explain a little bit, expand a bit on, more on this concept, uh, what you mean by by this? And why do people consider it so controversial you know i'm not sure why they consider it so controversial it's um you know i i think that some people are born with a photographic eye no doubt about it and that they might start at a another level than people that weren't born with that um creative eye however uh, it doesn't mean that you you got to start someplace and just like anything people have a particular Uh, affinity for mathematics or you know language whatever it is but uh, it doesn't doesn't mean that anyone can't learn those things that only those people can so to say that 
something like that is not teachable to me is ridiculous. And wasn't it Thomas Edison who said genius is one percent inspiration and ninety percent perspiration? So, <laughs> right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of uh, another topic, uh, again, uh, I saw a Facebook post of yours recently uh, about the importance of giving back. Uh, can you please explain a bit what you mean by by that? What was the context of that blog post, if you remember it? Yeah, sure, I definitely do. It's something that I incorporate into my presentations, and uh, I talk about giving back. And what I mean by that is uh, I have the luxury of going back to these destinations over and over again. Uh, first, I scout them out uh, on my own, and then I come back about a year later with a group, and uh, hopefully I come back for years and years to come. Like I said, I've been to Cuba 15 times and uh, all these other places many times as well. And uh, so I haven't been to a lot of countries. Uh, you know, a lot of people are country counters, but um, I, I go back to these places over and over again. So um, what I mean by giving back is that I come back with images that I've made of the people. So uh, I think the Facebook post you're referring to is something I just put up the other day because as I'm yeah, as I mentioned I'm getting ready to go to Cuba and Lapland and so I was going through the images of my recent trips there and looking for pictures that I could bring back to people in those locations and give them give it to them uh, I think it's a very inexpensive very lightweight very meaningful gift to people to bring back pictures of them And in some locations, uh, this might be the only picture that they've ever had or seen of themselves. And uh, I tell several stories of when I, uh, one time, uh, just recently in Morocco, I brought a group to Morocco and we were walking around the town of Shefshawan, which I know you know because mm -hmm. I, your profile picture is <laughs> exactly. of you there. <laughs> so one of my favorite cities in the world are towns, really. And um, so I, I had this photograph of a little girl that I made, and she's kind of in my face. She got right in the camera and, you know, kind of really, uh, you know, excited. And so I made kind of a nice photograph of her, and I brought it back a year and a half, two years later when I was back in Chef Shawin, and I knew exactly where I'd made the shot. And um, I saw a young girl standing there, and I, I asked the, my, my guide, I, I don't speak Arabic, but I asked him if he would ask this young girl if she knew who the girl was in this photograph. And she says, that's me. Mm. And so it, it's, I can't tell you how many times that happens. And I've got about a, I don't know, 50 to 70% success rate of bringing pictures back and finding the people almost always in the exact same spot that they were a year or two earlier and bringing these pictures back and uh, depending on the culture uh, you know, the people may or may not have ever even seen a picture of themselves um, another quick story I was in uh, uh, Copper Canyon Mexico with a group and I brought some pictures back of the Tarahumara uh, some some Tarahumara Indians and these little children that I had photographed uh, a, a couple years earlier And so I knew exactly where I'd made them, and there was people along this little trail, and I brought the pictures, and I'm showing them to a couple of different people, and 
finally show them to this woman, and she says, those are my children. And um, I don't know if you know anything about the Tarahumara culture, but I've no. been there many times, and they're very serious people. I don't think I've ever seen a Tarahumara Indian smile. Uh, they're very open to being photographed, but they're not you know, people that are going to be uh, you know, making rabbit ears and you know, mugging for the camera. They are just very... Uh, serious people and this woman could not stop smiling for 10 minutes because I brought these pictures back of her children and I'm not sure if she ever had any other pictures of them so really um, you can have some fun with this and people bring back Polaroid cameras and you know if you're not coming back to a place you can do that you can say that you're going to email thing you know email pictures back to people but oftentimes you know, they don't have email access but uh, you know, if you do go back, I highly recommend bringing back just some very inexpensive some four by six photos and, and try to give them out to the people because it goes a long, long way. Yeah, you, you made me remind of um, a person I met exactly in Chef Shawan. And he was a, a tailor or he was in, uh, you know, it's, it's, as is typically in Morocco, you have those uh, shops that open onto the street and uh, this guy was sewing clothes in, in his shop. And so we asked if we could take photos of him. And uh, he said yes. So he posed for us. We took a few photos, uh, showed him the, the back of the camera. And then he showed us his address printed on an envelope. Yeah. Like uh, he didn't speak. We, we did speak a little bit of French. He didn't. He only spoke Arabic and we didn't. But he, it was very clear what he meant by that. Please send me a copy of that picture. So we took a photo of the address. And then we were when I went back home, I printed a couple of photos and then put them in an envelope with his address on on it. Hope, oh, I hope he eventually got them. <laughs> Maybe when I, when I go back to, to Chef Chauvin, I will have to go back there and, and see if he got them. That's wonderful, yeah, and you, and you know that they speak more Spanish up in that part. Yeah, of, they speak Spanish. Uh, yeah, they, but this this guy, I don't know, he was a elderly guy, probably uh, not uh, very much in contact with tourists, so he didn't sure. actually speak either French, right. Spanish, or Italian. But it was uh, well, I mean, just just showing me his address was enough to to understand what he meant by that. That's great. And, uh, I think it's it's very important for us. Uh, it's our responsibility to to give something back, even if it's something as inexpensive and not of much consequence as a picture. But uh, if but we I just, think it can be of a lot of consequence. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, sure. Not material consequences, but psychologically and, and so on. It's, it can be very, very important. And so uh, we should not just go there and take something we should... Because otherwise, after a while, people from other cultures, other countries will start to see photographers as people who have, uh, they're just tourists, they want to snap a picture of me, they don't care about me, they just want to, to put it on Facebook. And uh, that that's not nice. And all, they, and all that we do is take, take, take. And, you know, the, the terms in photography are not in our favor, because we take pictures, we capture people, you know, it sounds like all we're doing is taking from these people. Um, another quick story, we were in Silk Island or Kodok in, outside of Phnom Penh in Cambodia, a wonderful place that we do a little tuk-tuk adventure there. And I hire tuk-tuks for our group, and we all go out, and we just stop whenever we see a little cluster of houses. 
And uh, so I'd made a picture of an wo- uh, older woman the year before. She was blind. Uh, you know, her, her job when I was there, her, quote, job was to just sort of uh, rock the baby in this little hammock. So I brought the picture back next year, and I knew where I, you know, I'd, I'd met her, and uh, she had passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the family was so appreciative of this picture. Uh, you know, she had passed away in the year since it ha- I had been there. So that was unfortunate, but now they had this nice remembrance of her. So that was, uh, it's a great feeling to be able to do that. And they might not have had a single good picture of her. That's right. That's right. Even not, a, not even a single picture, full stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very inspiring. Uh, it's something that we should always keep in mind, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, another question uh, is you have been to, to many foreign countries and many places. If you were to go back to one of those tomorrow, uh, somebody would say, okay, I'm going to send you to this place, uh, just choose which place, all expenses paid, and you just go there. Which which country would you pick and why? Or let's let's imagine that this is the last country that you are going to visit. Hopefully not. <laughs> just, <laughs> just let's imagine which country would you would you go again back? Well, that's a really tough question, mm-hmm. but if I were pressed, I would probably have to say Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spain was the first country uh, outside of the U.S. and Mexico that I'd ever been to, certainly the first country in Europe that I'd been to. I studied there in high school when I was 15 and uh, really uh, fell in love with the country. I fell in love with Europe because of that trip. And I bring groups back there now, and I just love Spain. I think it's got a wonderful culture, fantastic food, history. Uh, you know, the people are nice. There's uh, just great photography, uh, just so much variety. And that's what I look for in putting a trip together is variety. Mm-hmm. And I think Spain has that in spades. And so... If I had only one place to go back to, I think it would be Spain. Well, I can understand that you were there as a young teenager. You probably fell in love with some nice Spanish girl. (laughs) 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 Remembers you, brings back the memories of those years. (laughs) Right. Any any particular city or uh, region in Spain that you really like? You know, I love central Spain. Uh, Certainly the capital of Madrid. Uh, It's a huge... Huge city, of course, uh, right in the center of the country, center of the Iberian Peninsula. But uh, one of my favorite towns is Segovia, mm-hmm. which is just outside, maybe an hour away. And uh, it's got this 2,000-year-old aqueduct uh, held together with nothing but gravity. Uh, there's no mortar or cement or anything. If you, if you saw this thing... Uh, It's just absolutely incredible, and they say that it could still carry water today if necessary. But uh, just a, an incredible sight. Uh, the, the old town itself is up on sort of a precipice. Got this beautiful church on the Socolo, uh, these cobblestone streets, wonderful town to get lost in. And then uh, at the end, there's uh, the Alcazar, which is the, the castle. And we do a wonderful walk through the city, uh, down around the base of the 
the precipice because again the city's up on this uh, this stone sort of precipice, and we do a night shoot of the Alcazar, and so it's just phenomenal. Great restaurants, uh, just a, a wonderful place to to hang out, get lost in, and um, and then there's Toledo. And Toledo is a, another city that's similar in that it's up on this precipice surrounded by uh, a river. And um, it's, it's similar. Uh, but I, I lean towards Segovia. But uh, central Spain is absolutely fabulous. And then I, I love San Sebastian, which it just has the most amazing food with the pinchos that they have. It's very different than the, the tapas that you find in Madrid. And um, the pinchos are the tapas you typically get free with a, a drink, a little glass of wine, a beer, caña. Uh, but the uh, in San Sebastian, you go into these restaurants, and there's dozens and dozens of these restaurants in the in the old town of uh, San Sebastian, and uh, the counters are just filled with these beautifully displayed uh, items. Whether you know it's a little piece of bread with uh, all kinds of um, you know, vegetables and meats and mushrooms and things uh, piled high. Uh, they do cost money there. You, you don't get them for free with a drink like you do in central Spain and other parts of Spain. But uh, they're a really ample um, sort of uh, food. And then you get a couple here and then you go down to the next bar and you get a couple there. And uh, over the course of the night, you've, night, you've had a, a very nice meal a few drinks and uh, talk to some locals. So it's just absolutely wonderful. And that's, that's what I like to do with my people is to, to show them that part of the culture that they probably don't know. They may or may not stumble upon if they were there on their own. We have a local expert that takes us and teaches us, you know, what the, the etiquette is uh, to, for ordering, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what the food is, how it's prepared uh, so I've, I've owned a couple of restaurants in my life. Uh, I don't consider myself a foodie, but I enjoy food. And uh, so, th- again, that, it's such a big part of culture and travel that uh, I try to make it a big part of my trips. And, and almost uh, on every tour, we have at least one foodie tour with a local expert. Yeah, the, the culture of food in Spain is absolutely amazing. I completely agree with that. You can just you go to a place, you go to La Barra. To have uh, at the bar to have your little pinchos or uh, tapas on uh, a caña or cerveza and mm-hmm. uh, just spend the time there talking to the owner or to the other people it's also nice if you're all sitting along this long uh, bar and you can mingle with the locals or with other tourists uh, great great uh, way to to spend an evening mm-hmm or many evenings. Or many evenings. <laughs> Every single evening that you are in That's Spain. Right. I spent nine I spent nine days in, in San Sebastian this past May. Um, and I was there just to, uh, you know, I, as much as I travel and I'm on the road over nine months out of the year, I, I'm what's now come to be called location independent, which just means homeless. Uh, I gave up my apartment in Southern California. But... Uh, uh, as much as I travel, I rarely get a vacation. And so I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to try to relax. I'm not going to feel like I need to scout this place out and I'm just going to enjoy it. So nine days in one place is uh, uh, quite a long time for me, but I had the, the uh, a blast. Yeah, 
the mirror question to the previous one would be of the few countries you haven't visited yet I don't know, few or many, however they are. Which one is at the top of your wish list? Which one would you like to visit tomorrow if you had no, no, no limits to your choice? Yeah, um, you know, I, I've Ethiopia has been high on my list. Colombia. Uh, I had always wanted to go to Syria, but unfortunately, that's mm, probably not going to happen ever. Uh, it's a sad, sad state. Even if it does open up, uh, I think that most of the historical sites are probably gone, uh, perhaps forever. So that's a really sad situation. But um, I have been to Lisbon, Portugal, but it's been about 30, 35 years, and I'm going to scout there in April, and I'm really excited about that trip. Mm-hmm. Now, technically, Technically, I have been there because I've been to Lisbon, but I have only been to Lisbon. And so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Porto and the Algarve and the wine region and uh, just, uh, uh, you know, getting into that that culture there and the food. And uh, it's a little bit off the beaten path. So I'm I'm really, really looking forward to that trip. Yeah, I mean, for for some reason, Portugal is not as... uh as a popular destination in Europe as uh, Spain or Greece or France uh, and Italy, of course. But, right. but it's really beautiful. I mean, I've been there once myself and uh, Lisbon is a fantastic city and uh, Porto, Coimbra and the others are... Uh, and the coast, the coastline is uh, is amazing. So, yeah, can't wait. Love Portugal. <laughs> love. Uh, there are many places that I love that I... <laughs> That I've not been to, that I would like to go to, and uh, I would like. What to are to some go of there. yours? Uh, but the, at the moment, well, I'm leaving tomorrow for Norway, and it's going to be the my first time there, so I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Uh, you mentioned Ethiopia. I've been hearing a lot of great things about Ethiopia. Yeah, it um, seems to be the next destination that a lot of photographers are bringing people to, and. And for some strange reason, well, no, the, the reason is actually quite simple to explain, but I've never been to Cuba, mm. which is not difficult for Europeans. I mean, it, sure. it was maybe difficult, more difficult for Americans, but for Europeans, uh, it's always been open, so it was not difficult to reach at all. The, the main reason I've never been to Cuba is probably because we, uh, like here in Italy, we take vacations during the summer months, typically August, and it's not the best time of the year to, to go there. So we said, oh, yeah, we could go to Cuba, but prices in August are are higher and the climate is not great. We will wait when we have maybe time to go there in, uh, in winter when our kids are grown up. Uh, so we don't have to stay home in winter and so on. And then it and then it never happened, but it will eventually. Um, I'm I'm planning to go to Cuba soon before uh, the Americans completely turn it into another Disneyland. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, well, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay, so uh, it's time to. I think it's time to wrap up our conversation here, uh, which has been really great and inspiring. Uh, I think we had a. Um, mentioned many great places that uh, maybe uh, inspire some of our listeners to to explore and to see where uh, if they can go there maybe with you and your uh, 
and your group if you wanted to say again uh, where can people find more about you online your your website and where people can find you about the, the tours you you lead sure if uh, they go to photoenrichment.com you can uh, look for all of our trips there uh, just uh, look for tours and our trips coming up in 2016 and 2017 are there they'll um, some of the trips that I have coming up that I'm uh, really looking forward to are uh, Morocco. That's a trip I'm leading for another f- tour company, but also my capitals of the Baltics, Lithuania, Latvia, and, and Estonia. That's in May and early June. And then I have a trip to central Spain in June 15th through the 25th of this year, 2016. And so looking forward to getting back to Spain and I'll be doing some scouting in northern Spain for um, a northern Spain trip that I'll be doing in 2017. So that time I will be scouting. As you know, scouting trips can be pretty uh, busy and grueling and you know, mm-hmm. just as tough to do as a, a tour that I'm leading because uh, there's so much to see in a short period of time. But um, that's uh, something that I'm doing. And then um, got Romania the Adriatic and uh, a couple other tour leaders are leading some trips for me to um, Cambodia and Vietnam. I've got Brian Crickshanks leading a trip to Cambodia for me. I trained him on our recent trip this past November. Uh, He's a Getty Images photographer and uh, so I'm really uh, looking forward and uh, very confident in his ability to lead that trip and then uh, you may know Frederick Van Johnson from This Week in Photo. Yep, he'll be uh, leading our Vietnam North to South tour, and he was with me on our recent trip there. So uh, got got a lot of really great trips coming up, and this year I'm scouting Portugal, northern Spain, India, and uh, one other one I can't think of. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a very busy season for you. It is. It's always busy. That's good. Yeah, right. So I would like to thank you again for for being with us today. And it's, um, as I said, it's been great. So thanks again. All the best for your uh, uh, adventures. And uh, let's keep in touch. And maybe we'll do another episode where I will ask you about uh, some of those places that you have visited this year. Sounds great. Thank you for inviting me. And I appreciate it very much. And uh, have a safe trip to Norway. You're going to love it. Yeah, I'm sure I will. Thank you very much again. Goodbye. Take care. My pleasure. Thank thank you. So this was another great conversation with uh, an awesome guest, photographer and traveler, Ralph Velasco, who I would like to thank for being my guest today. Remember, you can find all the links and show notes for this episode at ttim.photo slash 13. And stay tuned for the next uh, show in the series. It's going to be released a week from today, and it's going to be even more interesting. Thanks very much for listening.